Welcome to episode one of the new Valley View Pre-K to 5 Instructional Technology Podcast. The first show is on mindful movement. I am your host, Scott Dillard, the VVSD Instructional Technology Specialist for Pre-K to 5. I'd like to start off with what a podcast is. Obviously, you're listening to this, so you have some idea. Basically, a podcast is audio storytelling. So, how can you use podcasts in the classroom? Here is a short little list. Students can interview each other and share. Tell stories, create newscasts, have a debate, run a radio show, make announcements, learn a different country, and record an interview. Create an audio class or school newspaper. Teachers can record a tutorial that students can listen to on their own. Teachers can record and broadcast group discussions or even create an audio tour of a field trip. Please note that I will provide a transcript of today's podcast in the show notes. So now, I would like to share some quotes about how all of us are not moving enough. How this lack of purposeful movement, or how I am branding and promoting it, mindful movement, is really causing major issues for all of us. First, combine the sitting at school in front of a screen with driving to school, doing homework, and eating meals. Kids are sitting 85% of their waking hours. The next quote is a phrase I've seen more and more online and in conversation. Sitting is the new smoking. My children attend a Montessori school. What I have seen with my children can be summed up by this quote. Watching a child makes it obvious that the development of his mind comes through his movements by Maria Montessori. Mindfulness is increasingly becoming a buzzword in our society today, and for good reason. 25% of 13 to 18-year-olds have mild to moderate anxiety. As a society, we aren't moving enough and are getting stressed out. What can we do about it? The answer, mindful movements. I read a recent article in the New York Times. This quote really stands out from the article, move, nourish, Refresh, connect. Keep moving throughout the day. Keep hydrated. Make sure you get enough. Rest and stay in touch with your friends and family. If you already don't know, I love podcasts. A podcast I listen to a lot that has really changed my thinking is from Katie Bowman. Her podcast is Move Your DNA. She has a blog as well at nutritiousmovement.com. To quote from a blog post, one hour of exercise, plus 23 hours of sitting equals 4% of your day moving. What are you doing the other 96% of your day? You are 96% sedentary. This is a sobering quote that has to make you question of exercising that one hour a day and being sedentary the rest of the time is healthy for us or not. How does the lack of mindfully moving affect learning? The New York The New York Times published a story recently titled, Why Kids Shouldn't Sit Still in Class. To quote from the article, a 2013 report from the Institute of Medicine concluded that children who are more active show greater attention, have faster cognitive processing speed, and perform better on standardized academic tests than children who are less active. And a study released in January by Lund University in Sweden shows that students, especially boys, 
who had daily physical education did better in school. Studies show that mindful movement breaks will also improve classroom behavior. Furthermore, studies show that adults lose concentration after 25 to 30 minutes, adolescents lose concentration after 15 to 20 minutes, elementary students lose concentration after 5 to 10 minutes. What are ways we can remedy the lack of mindful movement in our schools? Let's look briefly at flexible seating. Two quotes that sum up my view in flexible seating is, or are, maybe it's time to ditch the desks. Teaching and learning should shape the building, not vice versa. Flexible seating can also provide options for students and educators to move throughout the day. Mindful movement is taking breaks throughout the day, sitting less, moving more, and breaking up sitting. For example, sit for 20 to 30 minutes and take a three-minute mindful movement break. Remember, sitting is the new smoking. Movement and mindfulness technology can help you mindfully move throughout the day. Chrome extensions, which help improve your browsing experience, apps and websites, can help you break up your day with mindful movement breaks. Many of the movement and mindfulness technology I'm providing in this podcast send notifications to your laptop and Chromebook as a reminder to take a break and mindfully move. I set my mindful movement break for half an hour. Some of the other suggestions are apps for iOS, Android, and websites. Many are free. I don't move as much as I used to as a teacher. Desk jobs for many of us really hurt our health. Luckily, as educators, many of us move all day. But I do ask, what do you do the rest of the day? And if you are moving throughout the day, are your students? Here's a short list. As a reminder, I will provide the transcript of the podcast on the show notes. You can always Google these as well. Go Noodle, Class Dojo, Brain.fm, Headspace, which was an app, has an app for iOS, Android, and a website. Calm, which is also for iOS, Android, and has a website. Healthy Browsing Extension, Break Timer Extension, Move It Extension and my very own mindful movement extension, momentum extension, and tab ticks extension. We're also blessed at all of you to have a responsive classroom. Many of the components of responsive classroom reflect mindful movement. Think social emotional learning meets mindful movement. Check out Oakview on a Friday morning before school to see responsive classroom, yoga, and mindfulness in action. Funding for flexible seating and mindfully moving throughout the day is a challenge. Try these fundraising sites, Kickstarter, GoFundMe, and Donors Choose. Many Valley View educators have been quite successful funding their projects. This wraps up the refreshed reintroduction of the Valley View Pre-K-5 Instructional Technology Podcast. Episode 2 will be about digital citizenship. I'll see how things go with the first two episodes. Educators at Valley View are using technology in fun and innovative ways. I hope to interview some of these educators in future episodes. You can reach me at dillardse at vvsd.org and on Twitter at thefitfrugaledu. Don't forget the elementary technology newsletter that comes out almost every week during the school year. Go to the Valley View homepage at www.vvsd.org Hover over education and click on instructional technology. 
and click on an elementary technology newsletter. Finally, check the VVST PK Instructional Technology website at sites.google.com forward slash vvst.org forward slash pk-5 instructional tech. If you are interested in podcasting, check out anchor.fm. You can listen directly to this podcast at anchor.fm forward slash pre-k-5 vvsd. The podcast will also soon be available on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. Search for Valley View Pre-K-5 Instructional Technology. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Episode 2 of the new Valley View Pre-K-5 Instructional Technology Podcast. The first show is on mindful movement. Today's episode is on digital citizenship. I am your host, Scott Dillard, the Valley View Instructional Technology Specialist for Pre-K-5. To To keep with the theme of the first show or episode, let's be mindful about digital citizenship. Let's start with defining digital citizenship. If you do a Google search, the most common definition of digital citizenship is that it's normal, appropriate, responsible behavior with regard to technology use. I must be honest, I don't care for that definition. Why? What does that mean? Uh, Here's the definition that I like. Digital citizenship is being responsible, respectful, kind, and safe online. Here are a few more definitions that I really like. There are many things in life that are private. The internet is not one of them. Use the grammar rule. If you don't want grandma to read it, don't write it. There are many things in life that are private. The internet is not one of them. There are also nine themes that make up digital citizenship. These include digital access, digital commerce, digital communication, digital literacy, digital etiquette, digital law, digital rights and responsibilities, digital health and wellness, and digital digital security. Say that enough times. Uh, Check out the podcast transcript for the link to learn more about the nine elements of digital citizenship. Have you heard of the buzzword digital native or digital immigrant? A basic definition of a digital native is one who has never known a world without the internet. It's an integral part of one's life. A digital immigrant has had to migrate, sometimes not by choice, to the online world. You probably know educators who are digital natives and digital immigrants. You'd probably be hard pressed to find a student who isn't a digital native. Statistics show that 98% of 18 to 24 year old Americans are internet users. I would think it's not much lower for our elementary students, for even K to two students. Over one third already have a smartphone. Pull your students sometime, you would be surprised. So why is digital citizenship important? Why is it the theme of episode two? This quote uh, sums it up quite nicely. What you do on the internet remains intact forever. The web is a tool, one that leaves a lasting impression with your actions, both good and bad. Whatever you do online is for the world to see. What is the digital legacy you will leave behind? What are you doing online today that will impact your future? Are you a good digital citizen? To continue, decisions have a lasting impact. How much more when your decision is made online where it can't be erased? A small decision online spreads instantly worldwide. Just look at the headlines, just about any day of the week. You can't take it back, it's there forever. It's there for your friends to see, but also strangers who can harm you. 
Your parents have access, so do your teachers, your leaders, even your children and grandchildren one day. And don't forget your bosses. A responsible digital citizen will leave a lasting impression to be proud of, something you would want your boss, as previously mentioned, your friends or your grandchildren to see. Parents and teachers can teach children and students how to behave online. By teaching the children good digital citizenship, our students, you are keeping our students safe and helping them build an online presence that they'd be proud of, even at the age of 80. But how can we teach digital citizenship? Overwhelmed is often used to describe elementary educators. So what can we do? What is not very effective is that digital citizenship shouldn't be just one more thing. Digital citizenship needs to be weaved into the curriculum as much as possible. But most importantly, we must model good digital citizenship. Our students watch us. They know we have to be good digital citizens ourselves. For example, use the Explore feature in Google Docs to highlight copyright and intellectual rights. When students insert a photo into a Google Doc, explain the usage rights feature in Google Images. Educators can also teach digital citizenship lessons. Of course, there are many resources available. We here at Valley View have many digital citizenship resources as well that, is worth, uh, that are worth checking out. Please check the podcast transcript for those links. Encourage digital literacy by helping students determine how to use the internet to spot what is fake or real. Encourage and teach digital etiquette. Students should be taught to behave the same online as they would in class. Use appropriate language online. Be respectful. And try to spell correctly. Use spell check. Even capitalize your proper nouns. Be a good model and explain the importance of digital security including protecting your passwords and personal information. And educators, please stop visibly sharing your passwords with each other. Cite sources appropriately. Model for students how to properly care for all those gadgets, the Chromebooks, by taking good care of, of your laptop and any other devices that you may have, your, your, your smartphone. Educators, please model how to protect from the dangers online. And please be mindful of cyberbullying. Bullying of any kind is not kind, nor appropriate, or should it ever be tolerated. There are consequences of cyberbullying, just like bullying in person. And there's no shame in being a target. Encourage your students to communicate when cyberbullying occurs. Remember, even when you don't have time to teach a digital citizenship lesson, maybe you are overwhelmed. You still can model, model, and model. Walk the walk. Remember, it takes a team. Students need their parents and guardians and the educational community to be good digital citizens, regardless of who is digital native or a digital immigrant. There should be open communication between parents and guardians and educators. I like this acronym quite a bit, THINK. The T stands for is it true? And this applies to digital citizenship. H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? Help students take ownership of their digital lives. A quote from 2009, so 10 years ago, that is even more relevant today is, I could see a day in the not too distant future 
where your digital footprint will carry far more weight than anything you might include in a resume. Here's a top 10 list, shout out to David Letterman, for those who remember him, of things students and educators, all of us, should be mindful of about our digital footprints. What we're leaving online for the world to see. Number one, when you visit websites, search and interact online, a trail of information is left behind, always. Two, elements of your digital footprints can be searched or shared. Three, Digital footprints can be helpful or harmful to reputations both now and in the future. Four, once online, things can exist forever, even if you try to delete it. Five, you should always think before you post online. Six, personal information or opinions sent to one person can be shared with a larger audience. Seven, Googling yourself can be a good habit to get into. Eight, older and inactive accounts should be disabled, not just deleted. Nine, you should keep certain personal details private and that you can control the privacy settings on many of your own online accounts. 10, we need to be mindful of the digital footprints of others too. So ask before tagging others in a photo. Finally, for specific lessons, Common Sense Education has really all the resources you need to teach digital citizenship. And in addition, we have so many uh, resources at Valley View. And again, they will all be uh, added in the transcript and there'll be a links that you can click on um, when you look at the transcript. Um, so that wraps it up for episode two. You can reach me at dillardse at vvsd.org and on Twitter at thefitfrugaledu. Don't forget the elementary technology newsletter that comes out almost every week during the school year. Go to the Valley View homepage at www.vvsd.org. <clears throat> Uh, hover your uh, mouse over education and click on instructional technology. Click on elementary technology newsletter. And uh, finally, uh, check the Valley View Pre-K to 5 instructional technology website at sidestackgoogle.com forward slash vvsd.org forward slash pre-k-5 instructional tech. You can listen directly to this podcast at anchor.fm forward slash pre-k to 5 VVSD. And I'm happy to say that the podcast is also available on Apple iTunes. Do a Google search for Valley View Pre-K to 5 Instructional Technology. I'll add the links to, uh, again, uh, to all of this in uh, the podcast transcript. So, uh, moving forward, episode three, uh, coming up probably in a couple weeks, will be on the four C's of education. So look for that uh, in the upcoming weeks. And so for Valley View, um, for the Instructional Technology Department Valley View, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Welcome to episode two of the new Valley View Pre-K to 5 Instructional Technology Podcast. The first show is on mindful movement. Today's episode is on digital citizenship. I am your host, Scott Dillard, the Valley View Instructional Technology Specialist for Pre-K to 5. To keep with the theme of the first show or episode, let's be mindful about digital citizenship. Let's start with defining digital citizenship. If you do a Google search, the most common definition of digital citizenship is that it's normal, appropriate, responsible behavior with regard to technology use. I must be honest, I don't care for that definition. Why? What does that mean? 
Uh, here's the definition that I like. Digital citizenship is being responsible, respectful, kind, and safe online. Here are a few more definitions that I really like. There are many things in life that are private. The internet is not one of them. Use the grammar rule. If you don't want grandma to read it, don't write it. There are many things in life that are private. The internet is not one of them. There are also nine themes that make up digital citizenship. These include digital access, digital commerce, digital communication, digital literacy, digital etiquette, digital law, digital rights and responsibilities, digital health and wellness, and digital, gosh, digital security. Say that enough times. Uh, check out the podcast transcript for the link to learn more about the nine elements of digital citizenship. Have you heard of the buzzword digital native or digital immigrant? A basic definition of a digital native is one who has never known a world without the internet. It's an integral part of one's life. A digital immigrant has had to migrate, sometimes not by choice, to the online world. You probably know educators who are digital natives and digital immigrants. You'd probably be hard pressed to find a student who isn't a digital native. Statistics show that 98% of 18 to 24 year old Americans are internet users. I would think it's not much lower for our elementary students, for even K to two students. Over one third already have a smartphone. Pull your students sometime, you would be surprised. So why is digital citizenship important? Why is it the theme of episode two? This quote uh, sums it up quite nicely. What you do on the internet remains intact forever. The web is a tool, one that leaves a lasting impression with your actions, both good and bad. Whatever you do online is for the world to see. What is the digital legacy you will leave behind? What are you doing online today that will impact your future? Are you a good digital citizen? To continue, decisions have a lasting impact. How much more when your decision is made online where it can't be erased? A small decision online spreads instantly worldwide. Just look at the headlines, just about any day of the week. You can't take it back, it's there forever. It's there for your friends to see, but also strangers who can harm you. Your parents have access, so do your teachers, your leaders, even your children and grandchildren one day. And don't forget your bosses. A responsible digital citizen will leave a lasting impression to be proud of, something you would want your boss as previously mentioned, your friends or your grandchildren to see. Parents and teachers can teach children and students how to behave online. By teaching the children good digital citizenship, our students, you are keeping our students safe and helping them build an online presence that they'd be proud of, even at the age of 80. But how can we teach digital citizenship? Overwhelmed is often used to describe elementary educators. So what can we do? What is not very effective is that digital citizenship shouldn't be just one more thing. Digital citizenship needs to be weaved into the curriculum as much as possible. But most importantly, we must model good digital citizenship. Our students watch us. They know we have to be good digital citizens ourselves. For example, Use the Explore feature in Google Docs to highlight copyright and intellectual rights. When students insert a photo into a Google Doc, explain the usage rights feature in Google Images. 
Educators can also teach digital citizenship lessons. Of course, there are many resources available. We here at Valley View have many digital citizenship resources as well that is worth uh, that are worth checking out. Please check the podcast transcript for those links. Encourage digital literacy by helping students determine how to use the internet to spot what is fake or real. Encourage and teach digital etiquette. Students should be taught to behave the same online as they would in class. Use appropriate language online. Be respectful. And try to spell correctly. Use spell check. Even capitalize your proper nouns. Be a good model and explain the importance of digital security, including protecting your passwords and personal information. And educators, please stop visibly sharing your passwords with each other. Cite sources appropriately. Model for students how to properly care for all those gadgets, the Chromebooks, by taking good care of, of your laptop and any other devices that you may have, your, your, your smartphone. Educators, please model how to protect from the dangers online. And please be mindful of cyberbullying. Bullying of any kind is not kind, nor appropriate, or should it ever be tolerated. There are consequences of cyberbullying, just like bullying in person. And there's no shame in being a target. Encourage your students to communicate when cyberbullying occurs. Remember, even when you don't have time to teach a digital citizenship lesson, Maybe you are overwhelmed. You still can model, model, and model. Walk the walk. Remember, it takes a team. Students need their parents and guardians and the educational community to be good digital citizens, regardless who is a digital native or a digital immigrant. There should be open communication between parents and guardians and educators. I like this acronym quite a bit, THINK. The T stands for, is it true? And this applies to digital citizenship. H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? Help students take ownership of their digital lives. A quote from 2009, so 10 years ago, that is even more relevant today is, I could see a day in the not too distant future where your digital footprint will carry far more weight than anything you might include in a resume. Here's a top 10 list. Shout out to David Letterman, for those who remember him, of things students and educators, all of us, should be mindful of about our digital footprints. What we're leaving online for the world to see. Number one, when you visit websites, search and interact online, a trail of information is left behind, always. Two, elements of your digital footprints can be searched or shared. Three. Digital footprints can be helpful or harmful to reputations both now and in the future. Four, once online, things can exist forever, even if you try to delete it. Five, you should always think before you post online. Six, personal information or opinions sent to one person can be shared with a larger audience. Seven, Googling yourself can be a good habit to get into. Eight, older and inactive accounts should be disabled, not just deleted. Nine, you should keep certain personal details private and that you can control the privacy settings on many of your own online accounts. Ten, you need to be mindful of the digital footprints of others too. So, ask before tagging others in a photo. Finally, for specific lessons, Common Sense Education has really all the resources you need to teach digital citizenship. 
And in addition, we have so many uh, resources at Valley View. And again, they will all be uh, added in the transcript and there'll be a links that you can click on um, when you look at the transcript. Um, so that wraps it up for episode two. You can reach me at dillardse at vvsd.org and on Twitter at thefitfrugaledu. Don't forget the elementary technology newsletter that comes out almost every week during the school year. Go to the Valley View homepage at www.vvsd.org. Hover your uh, mouse over education and click on instructional technology. Click on elementary technology newsletter. And uh, finally, uh, check the Valley View pre-K to five instructional technology website at sidestackgoogle.com forward slash vvsd.org forward slash pre-k dash five instructional tech. You can listen directly to this podcast at anchor.fm forward slash pre-k to five vvsd. And I'm happy to say that the podcast is also available on Apple iTunes. Do a Google search for Valley View pre-k to five instructional technology. I'll add the links to, uh, again, uh, to all of this in uh, the podcast transcript. So, uh, moving forward, episode three, uh, coming up probably in a couple weeks, will be on the four C's of education. So look for that uh, in the upcoming weeks. And so for Valley View, um, for the Instructional Technology Department Valley View, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Welcome to episode two of the new Valley View Pre-K-5 Instructional Technology Podcast. The first show is on mindful movement. Today's episode is on digital citizenship. I am your host, Scott Dillard, the Valley View Instructional Technology Specialist for Pre-K-5. To keep with the theme of the first show or episode, let's be mindful about digital citizenship. Let's start with defining digital citizenship. If you do a Google search, the most common definition of digital citizenship is that it's normal, appropriate, responsible behavior with regard to technology use. I must be honest, I don't care for that definition. Why? What does that mean? Uh, Here's the definition that I like. Digital citizenship is being responsible, respectful, kind, and safe online. Here are a few more definitions that I really like. There are many things in life that are private. The internet is not one of them. Use the grammar rule. If you don't want grandma to read it, don't write it. There are many things in life that are private. The internet is not one of them. There are also nine themes that make up digital citizenship. These include digital access, digital commerce, digital communication, digital literacy, digital etiquette, digital law, digital rights and responsibilities, digital health and wellness, and digital, gosh, digital security. Say that enough times. Uh, Check out the podcast transcript for the link to learn more about the nine elements of digital citizenship. Have you heard of the buzzword digital native or digital immigrant? A basic definition of a digital native is one who has never known a world without the internet. It's an integral part of one's life. A digital immigrant has had to migrate, sometimes not by choice, to the online world. You probably know educators who are digital natives and digital immigrants. You'd probably be hard-pressed to find a student who isn't a digital native. Statistics show that 98% of 18 to 24-year-old Americans are internet users. 
I would think it's not much lower for our elementary students. For even K-2 to students, over one-third already have a smartphone. Pull your students sometime. You would be surprised. So, why is digital citizenship important? Why is it the theme of episode two? This quote uh, sums it up quite nicely. What you do on the internet remains intact forever. The web is a tool, one that leaves a lasting impression with your actions, both good and bad. Whatever you do online is for the world to see. What is the digital legacy you will leave behind? What are you doing online today that will impact your future? Are you a good digital citizen? To continue, decisions have a lasting impact. How much more when your decision is made online where it can't be erased? A small decision online spreads instantly worldwide. Just look at the headlines just about any day of the week. You can't take it back. It's there forever. It's there for your friends to see, but also strangers who can harm you. Your parents have access, so do your teachers, your leaders, even your children and grandchildren one day. And don't forget your bosses. A responsible digital citizen will leave a lasting impression to be proud of, something you would want your boss, as previously mentioned, your friends or your grandchildren to see. Parents and teachers can teach children and students how to behave online. By teaching the children good digital citizenship, our students, you are keeping our students safe and helping them build an online presence that they'd be proud of, even at the age of 80. But how can we teach digital citizenship? Overwhelmed is often used to describe elementary educators. So what can we do? What is not very effective is that digital citizenship shouldn't be just one more thing. Digital citizenship needs to be weaved into the curriculum as much as possible. But most importantly, we must model good digital citizenship. Our students watch us. They know we have to be good digital citizens ourselves. For example, use the Explore feature in Google Docs to highlight copyright and intellectual rights. When students insert a photo into a Google Doc, explain the usage rights feature in Google Images. Educators can also teach digital citizenship lessons. Of course, there are many resources available. We here at Valley View have many digital citizenship resources as well that, is worth, uh, that are worth checking out. Please check the podcast transcript for those links. Encourage digital literacy by helping students determine how to use the internet to spot what is fake or real. Encourage and teach digital etiquette. Students should be taught to behave the same online as they would in class. Use appropriate language online. Be respectful. And try to spell correctly. Use spell check. Even capitalize your proper nouns. Be a good model and explain the importance of digital security, including protecting your passwords and personal information. And educators, please stop visibly sharing your passwords with each other. Cite sources appropriately. Model for students how to properly care for all those gadgets, the Chromebooks, by taking good care of, of your laptop and any other devices that you may have, your, your, your smartphone. Educators, please model how to protect from the dangers online. And please be mindful of cyberbullying. Bullying of any kind is not kind, nor appropriate, or should it ever be tolerated. There are consequences of cyberbullying, just like bullying in person. 
and there's no shame in being a target. Encourage your students to communicate when cyberbullying occurs. Remember, even when you don't have time to teach a digital citizenship lesson, maybe you are overwhelmed, you still can model, model, and model. Walk the walk. Remember, it takes a team. Students need their parents and guardians and the educational community to be good digital citizens, regardless of who is a digital native or a digital immigrant. There should be open communication between parents and guardians and educators. I like this acronym quite a bit, THINK. The T stands for is it true, and this applies to digital citizenship. H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? Help students take ownership of their digital lives. A quote from 2009, so 10 years ago, that is even more relevant today is, I could see a day in the not too distant future where your digital footprint will carry far more weight than anything you might include in a resume. Here's a top 10 list. Shout out to David Letterman, for those who remember him, of things students and educators, all of us should be mindful of about our digital footprints. What we're leaving online for the world to see. Number one. When you visit websites, search and interact online, a trail of information is left behind, always. Two, elements of your digital footprints can be searched or shared. Three, digital footprints can be helpful or harmful to reputations both now and in the future. Four, once online, things can exist forever, even if you try to delete it. Five, you should always think before you post online. Six, personal information or opinions sent to one person can be shared with a larger audience. Seven, Googling yourself can be a good habit to get into. Eight, older and inactive accounts should be disabled, not just deleted. Nine, you should keep certain personal details private and that you can control the privacy settings on many of your own online accounts. Ten, we need to be mindful of the digital footprints of others too. So, ask before tagging others in a photo. Finally, for specific lessons, common sense education has really all the resources you need to teach digital citizenship. And in addition, we have so many uh, resources at Valley View. And again, they will all be uh, added in the transcript and there'll be a links that you can click on um, when you look at the transcript. Um, so that wraps it up for episode two. You can reach me at dillardse at vvsd.org and on Twitter at thefitfrugaledu. Don't forget the elementary technology newsletter that comes out almost every week during the school year. Go to the Valley View homepage at www.vvst.org. <clears throat> uh, hover your uh, mouse over education and click on instructional technology. Click on elementary technology newsletter. And uh, finally, uh, check the Valley View pre-K to five instructional technology website at sites.google.com forward slash vvsd.org forward slash pre-k-5 instructional tech. You can listen directly to this podcast at anchor.fm forward slash pre-k-5 vvsd. And I'm happy to say that the podcast is also available on Apple iTunes. Do a Google search for Valley View Pre-K to 5 Instructional Technology. I'll add the links to, uh, again, uh, to all of this in uh, the podcast transcript. So, uh, moving forward, episode three, 
uh, coming up probably in a couple weeks will be on the four C's of education. So look for that uh, in the upcoming weeks. And so for Valley View, um, for the Instructional Technology Department, Valley View, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it.